God, that's a great beat. Hour number three on a Friday. My goodness. This is Beastie Boys, right? Yes, sir. Is it called is the line about the joint? Is that what it's called? This is Shake Your Rump. Oh, Shake Your Rump. My bad. My bad. Beastie Boys. I don't know what you call it, but those kind of beats, that kind of sound where it feels like the sound is just spreading across your head, your ears, your car, and everything. That big, thick, fat kind of beat sound. That's incredible. Uh, Beastie Boys getting us started this hour. That voice is Jack Farrell. He's hanging out with me today. I'm Chad Hastings. Isaiah Collier finishing up his honeymoon today in Cancun. I'm actually maybe not finishing up today. This is the last work day where he'll be in Cancun. He may be in Cancun throughout the weekend because he also gets Monday and Tuesday off. Thanks to the bosses for giving us Monday and Tuesday off. After today, our next show will be on Wednesday. Uh, so no local shows till then. There will be local shows on Sunday. For those of you that are into the outdoor show as well as the Wagner Wire, there will be Sunday shows as regular on Sundays. The Saturday shows will be off, though, tomorrow, giving them the weekend off. So, uh, All that going on as we roll through a Friday, finishing up June, getting ready for football. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. One of our favorite conversations of the week is with this guy. It's Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com, at GKKetch on Twitter if you want to give him a follow. Mr. Ketchum, how are you? I'm good. When I I heard the music intro on the way in, it made me think of like Wally Pipp. You know, the new guy comes in, starts playing his own songs, takes over the the, the beats coming into the two o'clock hour. That's I, I, that's how you get Zayda to come back. If he if he hears that, he's right. like, "Oh, I'm back into work on Monday." Yeah, and then they tell him he's got two days off, and it sounds like they're plotting on him. <laughs> so I hope Zay's not listening to this because it all sounds very conspicuous. And oh, by the way, I don't. Kudos to your current ownership and management. Don't really recall you and I when we worked together <laughs> getting four day weekends. Yeah. And like, you guys just come back into work on Wednesday. It'll be fine. Yeah. Hey, you know what, Catch? I don't know if this is the good or the bad of it, but my father in law always said I could talk to anybody. And I just asked the question back when you and I were doing it. I wasn't the one that got to ask that question, but now I am. And I asked because, you know, the worst they can say is no. But in this case, they actually said yes. That's so funny. Yeah, it worked out. I, I uh, By the way, you're going to like this. Malik Murphy, usually when we work together, I was the one that was glued onto social media in real time and, it, and like, bugging you because – I was distracted by things other than just talking to you. Right. But in the last like 15 minutes, Malik Murphy put out a photo on, on social media. Uh-huh. And it's him and the rest of the quarterback room. And they all look like – well, I, I said the quarterback room looks like a Von Erich family photo. <laughs> and I want you to find the photo because I think Malik Murphy looks like David. Oh, my God. I think Arch looks like Carrie. I'm trying to find it right now. I think Quinn looks like Kevin Von Erich. Did you you retweet this? I did. All right. If you go to my profile, you should be able to find it. It, it, Malik Murphy's is a picture of what looks like the Pope 
opening up like a card or something, and in the top left hand corner is a photo of all of them shirtless. Oh my! Oh my God! Okay, hang on, hang on. Oh. <laughs> so, so Malik is is David Von Eric. Yeah, let me re- let me retweet this while I'm while I'm discussing it. Remember, uh, Jeff is at GK Catch on Twitter. I'm at C Hastings 1049. I just gave it the retweet as well. So you're going Malik is David Von Eric. Okay, continue. Oh yeah, he had a, da- a very David Von Eric like thing going on. Ours is absolutely carry. Uh, I yeah, I'll go with that. Yep, I agree. Kevin standing next to Arch looks like. I mean, Quinn, boy, that was Freudian slip there. Quinn looks like Kevin Von Erich. Yep. I thought, He's wrestling heavyweights, but he looks like a middleweight. Yeah, I thought it before you said it. He, I thought he was the Kevin. Absolutely. If he ta- All he has to do is take those shoes and socks off, and he's Kevin Von Erich. Yep, you're right. Char- Charles is Mike, <laughs> and uh, Joe Tatum is Lance. <laughs> it is so perfect. Also, uh, now that I look at this picture catch, can we agree that of all five of those guys, Malik Murphy is the one that needs to do the least to flex his muscles? It feels it feels like the other four are trying to flex, whereas Malik is just flexing. Is that fair? Yeah, he's big. <laughs> <laughs> like big. like if you asked his body right now, hey, what percentage are we doing are we using for this bicep like, you know, flex we're doing? Uh, we're using like 41%. But if you ask Arch Manning's body, it's like, oh man, we're at like 95% on this flex right now. <laughs> Malik looks like the guy that if you ask him how much he lifts, he's like, I don't know, I just put place on the on there, and you know, I don't count. Right? Yeah, exactly. He's doing the Rocky workouts from Rocky Four. <laughs> He's like, I don't know how much the cinder blocks weigh. I always yeah. a couple I, on the edge of the bar. Anyway, that's... that happened right before we came on, so I had to share the goodness because once you thought about that group in terms of the Von Erich, oh, you won't be able to look away. No, you're right. That's perfect, and you, uh, you've done a masterful job, as always, of interpreting social media and making it even better. That is fantastic. Um, <laughs> all right, so... Yeah, let's talk some recruiting. We could do that. Um, another big week for Texas in the recruiting world. Catch. Let's talk about. Uh, I guess since we talked to you, we would have been, we would have already talked to you about Christian Clark. So in that time now, it's Jarrett Gibson and it's a couple of large humans with Kibble and Cruz. Let me start with Jarrett Gibson. You gave Christian Clark uh, some high praise last week and talked very highly of him. Now give me the comparison and contrast with Jarrett Gibson out of Florida. Well, Jarrett Gibson is ranked as one of like the top five running backs in the country by all of the services. Uh, I prefer, I personally have Clark rated ahead of Jarrett Gibson. Uh, it's a good, it's, these are rich people problems, right? It's like, oh, my national top 60 running back isn't as good as what, you know, this other guy. Like, they signed two really good running backs, uh, in a world where Christian Clark doesn't get signed. I think I'm personally probably more excited, uh, by Jarrett Gibson. I think he's a really fine running back, but you brought up Christian Clark. I can't, I'm president of the Christian Clark fan club. So, I would have to give up my position if I didn't talk about this thing honestly. Uh, Kibble is an interesting guy for me. I don't know 
that he looks like a if you say Kyle Flood offensive lineman, I think six seven three plus. Mm. Uh, that's not quite who Kibble is, and quite frankly, it's not who Daniel Cruz is either. The, the thing about Cruz is that it seems like Flood very early into this recruiting cycle identified Cruz as a the future center of his offensive line. Uh, he's very highly coveted by Kyle Flood. He wanted he wants him for a very specific role, uh, and he, you know, he might be the best true center prospect in terms of projections, the way Texas is looking at this, that they've signed in a while, even though nationally he doesn't, you know, he's not the most physically imposing guy. Most centers aren't, uh, but he's a guy that uh, at a position that's hard to find, Texas got the guy that it wanted. So I think it carries a little bit extra important. There's a little like asterisk value to it in that, um, Whatever the national services think of him, Kyle Flood thinks like twice as highly of him, and that he's slotted for, like I said, the center position um, makes him a little bit unique. Uh, and and you, quite frankly, Texas hasn't had enough of those types of guys since Dan Neal was around, and it just felt like Dan could do anything. You know, <laughs> it's like right. oh, guard, center, put him wherever, and he's your best lineman. Uh, I don't. I'm not saying this kid's Dan Neal. I'm just saying it feels like it's been a long time since we've looked. That always feels like a position they're trying to upgrade. Like, oh, they just need somebody a little bit better there. And there's a sense, I think, behind the scenes that um, Daniel Cruz could end up being the guy that it just seems like forever Texas has been looking for. So to stay with Cruz for a second, I, I see him listed here at 287. So are we still in a period of college football where – you know, if you find that guy, like you're saying, Flood may have found a guy he thinks is the next center. You're willing to forgive, like you're willing to forgive a few pounds. You're willing to say, all right, look, like you're not absolutely needing a 300 and you know five or ten pound center if he's a badass center. Well, he's like six four, two eighty seven. So when you see him physically, he looks a little leaner. Okay, uh, I think he's a guy that. Might end up carrying 315 and still look really good. So, you know, I wouldn't expect him to play at 287. I think before he sees the field at Texas, you know, one of the things that Texas fans now get to think about with offensive line recruiting is the 2022 classes. Now it's the 2023 season. Those guys all are, you know, unless some of these guys transfer out, they, they now get to watch this group grow up. Kelvin Banks is a sophomore. You think you get him for two more seasons, but mm-hmm. everybody else looks like they're on track to play four or five seasons at Texas. And so, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm I don't know that they need Daniel Cruz to come in and play right away. I, I, almost certainly, I don't think he he'll have to do that. So he's 2024. 20, let him redshirt. Let, let him have a season in the offseason weight room. Maybe he comes out looking like one of these quarterbacks. My God, like Arch. You know, I never thought I would say Arch Manning looks like Kerry Von Eric, but yet here we are today. That <laughs> um, I never, I never would have thought that would be a sentence that came out of my mouth. But maybe they're able to do something a little bit like that with Daniel Cruz. And by the time he's nineteen, twenty years old, instead of two eighty-seven, he's three fifteen. And then I think a year or two into the system, you may you may be able to slide that guy in, and he may be he has a chance 
to be the best center that Texas will have had in a long time. So, Ketch, remind me, I know there's a lot of different scheduling things that go on here. We're going to the 4th of July weekend, so I'm guessing there's not a lot of official visits maybe going on. Is there any uh, parameters coming up with official visits? Is there a period of time that's ending, or can they roll those all the way through July if they want to? I mean, we're in a dead period. so Okay, so no visits you know, right now. Correct. Okay. You see visits after the dead period ends, like that last weekend in July, you will see schools have like pool parties. It's like that last right. event before everybody goes back to school. And, okay. and before, quite frankly, they start, you know, August becomes the month that high school players want to start focusing on the high school season. College coaches are in camp. You know, they'll take your commitment. They're always recruiting, but they really want to focus on those 15 days of practice. So that last weekend in July, there will be a something for everybody. Like you'll see – you know, if you're if you're following Twitter and you're on social media, you're on Orange Bloods. Uh, it'll be a weekend of note, uh, but you know, for the most part, the visits have stopped, and now the commitments are unfolding because guys, yep, we are for guys who say things like, "I want to make a decision before my senior season." Here we are. Yeah, any so uh, they really just start coming off the one at a time, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, any big names that you're that you're kind of watching for in the next few days? You know, getting the graphic ready, so to speak, for maybe commitments that you think are coming. I mean, I think Texas is going to get three tomorrow. <laughs> wow, <laughs> good grief! Fair enough. So I think Texas is going to get there. There was some thought that Texas was going to get a commitment in the next forty-five minutes. Okay, and it looks like that has been. Delayed when we when I did a show at eleven thirty this morning, doing some buy or sell. How about that? Nice. And uh, I was doing a little buy or sell, taking it back a decade. Plus, God, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, it has. Uh, that started to be like buzzing, and then I'm contacting Sukumel, who's on a beach, and he he's trying to be Zay for the weekend. <laughs> he's on a beach in Florida, right? And he's like, "Damn it, the sun just came out, and <laughs> it looked like it was gonna happen, and then." He got a message from the kid's father that there was a little bit of delay and that was going to be tomorrow. Well, there's two announcements tomorrow. So um, there's Parker Livingston is a guy that's going to make a decision, um, a wide receiver that Texas has really, like, they, they've been hot to trot for this guy for a while. And so they're going to be able to pull that off. There's a safety, a national safety that – uh, is making his decision tomorrow, um, and this, and then it looks like tomorrow we're going to hear something from Alex January. So mm. by the time they're done with uh, Johnson Rebel, and I think they're going to go three for three. None of these guys are probably well. Uh, the the safety is a guy who I would probably chalk up as a super blue chip. Uh, but the other two guys are really good, solid, strong takes. But before this month is over, there's a really good chance that I think by the end of the second week of July, Colin Simmons could be committed to Texas. So not next weekend. He's not going to mess with the 4th of July week, at least from what I'm kind of hearing. But the weekend after that, you could hear that. That, that could happen. Uh, Kobe Black, uh, who is along with – Colin Simmons one and two one and two in terms of the two most important in state prospects that Texas is recruiting this year, the corner out of Waco Conley. He's a guy that it could be the next two weeks as well, two weeks ish, 
Like, I expect July to be a fantastic month for Texas. Uh, I expect most of it to happen between the 1st of July and the 15th of July. Uh, but who knows? Like, there even even this week there have been there's been scuttlebutt that there's a couple of out of state five star kids who national top twenty five guys who Texas suddenly looks like they might be in a leader posi- position with. And you know, does that mean does that equate to an early commitment? It could. It doesn't mean that the recruitment stops. It doesn't mean that things you know won't get hairy potentially in, in November and December. I think there's a lot of anticipation that Colin Simmons. His real recruitment is the last 45 days before signing day, but he may commit to Texas, and I think that alleviates some pressure going into the season. If he changes his mind, he changes his mind. I mean, anything kind of goes in recruiting. A&M saw that a year ago uh, with Anthony Hill, right? He commits in the summer. Suddenly it feels like, hey, there's no pressure, and kind of lo and behold, when it's all said and done, he ends up flipping to Texas. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Colin Simmons because I don't want to freak Texas fans out. But in advance of him committing, I think it potentially would give Texas a big boost in the arm. I think it takes some pressure off of him. But it, it also lets him live with the decision. And, again, I just – you know, he there was some – he's still in, – in theory, there's visits to A&M and LSU to take. And he could either take those while he's committed, before he's committed, whatever the case may be. Uh, I think there's a good chance that he's just going to commit to Texas – and then Texas fans will just have to kind of – it happens, right? Like, you get commitments, and sometimes for six months, the babysitting can be kind of draining. But, like, that's the world that Texas lives in. Like, oh, my God, poor, like, poor Texas and their <laughs> potential five-star commitments yeah. and then having to hold on to them. But, like, that's – you know, we don't want to be naive as to believe, hey, he's committed and it's over and the next five months will be uh, – there will be no ups and downs and peaks and valleys. Like, there still could – but nobody's in a better position than Texas is right now. And all things being equal, if you were going to be one or the other, you'd rather be the school that he's committing to rather than the school that really has some uphill climbing to do. Yeah, that's true. First world and five-star problems sometimes uh, go together. Uh, all right, Catch, before I let you go, I've been trying to figure out this week how to ask you the NCAA kind of political question. So I'm going to try it this way, uh, and we'll finish off with kind of the house divided here. As we think about the Longhorn Foundation – and the Twelfth Man Foundation changing something tomorrow. This law takes effect, and those two entities can now do stuff they've never been able to do, supposedly, in terms of asking fans specifically, boosters, fans, whatever, specifically for, like, NIL money. What I'm asking you is, do you really think it changes that much, what those two organizations are going to be able to do starting tomorrow? Is it really going to give them any more power in recruiting than they have today? Probably not, like, from 30,000 feet up. You know, it's like, oh, that's what's that big thing out there? Oh, so the Great Wall of China, I can see it from space. That's kind of Texas and Texas is A&M's NIL situation. You can see their NIL from space. Um, you know, the question ultimately is going to be, and it's so I've had to deal with this. When I was signing kids two years ago, we, we signed a bunch of Texas athletes, and we're really experimenting with programming and it didn't quite work, but we did it. And I learned like there are state of Texas laws. They're different than like Louisiana laws yep. or California laws. So Texas is going to have law on the books in place that the NCAA may not be 
like cool with completely. And I think the real question is, is what is the NCAA going to try to enforce with Texas and Texas A&M where they can say, whoa, 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 whoa. Your law does not supersede our state law. Sorry, NCAA, you're a fake law organization. Like, you make laws and we pretend to adhere to them because you can slap us on the wrist and stuff like that. But, like, these are actual laws that our government, state government, has created. And, like, we abide by them before we abide by you. And the NCAA's got, like, some some decisions about how they want to approach that because that's the million-dollar question. Because the way this thing is going to be set up, it will be very advantageous for Texas and Texas A&M. <laughs> it's why these rules are in place. Like, they've been these, – these athletic, these athletic officials have been rubbing elbows with these politicians <laughs> so that this exact thing would get passed. Yep. So that they can do what they want to do. And, the, and not every state is going to have it set up like this. It's very complicated behind the scenes. Nobody's quite sure how the – this spineless NCAA that no no longer really has investigators, like it, it, you almost have to try to get caught to get caught by the NCAA in 2023. Uh, everybody wonders whether the NCAA will have the stomach for the fight yeah. or whether or not they'll say, we know we will lose because at the end of the day, we are not government. Like we can't tell Texas and Texas A&M <laughs> what to do if their state government says it's okay. Yeah, uh, oh, my God. How are we to tell them that their laws aren't, like, you know, official? Imagine any other law on the books in the state where somebody's coming in from out of state and it's like, I don't care what your weed laws <laughs> are. I'm going to do it my way or I'm going to tell it like, no, no. Yeah. Trust me, if you're in Williamson County, follow the law. And – uh, and don't get pulled over and, like, don't try to get mouthy and tell them, but I'm from Colorado. Like, no, 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 no. Yep. <laughs> so no, it's point. kind of the same way. And yep. I think that everybody – I know you got to go. I, people are just waiting to see if the NCAA dare to try to poke the Texas or Texas A&M bear. Oh, man, it's just fascinating. House, house divided recruiting with everybody's wallet on top of the table and all the lawyers waiting behind them at the table ready to rock this is going to be incredible that's exactly that is jeff ketchum orangebloods.com at gk catch on twitter if you have not seen the picture longhorn fans of your quarterback room (laughs) flexing in the locker room a it's fantastic on its face and b catch is absolutely right you can draw a direct comparison to the von eric brothers and i i I can't believe how right you are in fact catch uh that that is that may be one of the greatest analogies you've ever come up with uh in your in, in the entire time i've known you i want you to know that Honestly, that's like the nicest, best thing anybody's told me in a while. Other than like my kids saying, I love you, Daddy, that would hit the heart. Thank you, Chad. Uh, It it was my pleasure, and you just made me smile about the Von Erics, which is something I always love to do. Uh, Have a a great weekend. Have a great Fourth of July. Hope you and the family have a great one, and uh, we will talk to you next week. You got it, my man. Take care. Thank you, brother. Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com. That is a phenomenal picture of the quarterback. Jack, did you get to see the quarterback flexing picture yet? Oh, yeah. I am, <laughs> oh I'm feeling good about, uh, you know, we, we weren't so prepared for when 
Quinn Ewers went down last year, and now I feel like we might have Vince Young or Cam Newton waiting behind him. Here's one thing I think you do have. If you're going to need to go to that backup quarterback, which sometimes you, you've had to, and lot, every, sometimes every school has to, it doesn't feel like he'll get knocked over easily. Uh, the person that's going to come try to sack Malik Murphy for the first time, if that if it comes to that, wow, they better watch out. I think he might be like six seven. A big, He's huge. That is a big. That's a big human right there. And also the fact that he ends up in that picture next to who is that that he's right next to he's next to not right but the other one um what's his name oh, i lost his name i'm sorry he's in there with the it feels like he's next to the smallest of the five is what i'm saying of yeah uh, that's the uh yeah so he's next to that fifth guy i apologize for not knowing the name of the fifth Texas quarterback right now in the room. Uh, Joe Tatum, that's who it is. Joe Tatum is who he's right next to, and it feels like he might be the smallest of the group. So that kind of, I think that, that contrast is set too. All right, we're late on the break. Let's get to why today matters coming up next, June 30th and July 1st. Today brings us birthdays of two GOAT candidates in sports. We will hit that, plus a sad death in the world of Hollywood that we uh, need to mention today as well. That's coming up on The Horn. We come on in this loop, John B. My grandfather and me. Around Nassau town, we did roam. Drinking all night. Got into a fight. Well, I feel so broken. I want to go home. All right, just about to wrap up a Friday. About to wrap up the month of June as well. Speaking of voices that can get up there, Beach Boys, right? Yes, sir. This is now. How far back are we going here? I know th- this is a Pet Sounds. I was going to say, is this Pet Sounds it era? Is. Okay, yeah. Not even Pet Sounds era. Just straight up on the album. It is on the album. What is the song called? Sloop John B. Oh, I would have never guessed that. Play this one because I'm going to the beach after this. I'm going to be the right? beach boy. Excellent. Which beach are you headed to if you don't mind the uh, the ladies knowing? Scenic, glamorous Galveston, Texas. There you go. Nothing wrong with a little Galveston uh, beach action. The Beach Boys. Pet Sounds, very important album. Even if you're like me and you're not super into the Beach Boys, I am a Beatles guy. And without Pet Sounds, things change a little bit as it moves through. So. And hey, without Revolver, there's no Pet Sounds. Oh, that is true. So give it up. And I do it's love probably it. my favorite Beatles album. I'm with you there. Well, we would agree on that. Yeah, we talked about Revolver the other day. I had Zay listen to Revolver. What did he think about some of the Eastern music cuts, uh, Tomorrow Never Knows he type liked of song? It. He liked it. All right. He got it. It expanded. Zay his, can branch out. It expanded his mind a little bit on the Beatles. It sort of justified the Beatles in his mind. He, it, he'd never just sat there and really listened to it. He just heard so much about them and heard his father-in-law just mouth off about the Beatles all the time, and he thought they were just way overrated or something. And then he listened to the album, and it's like, oh, now I get it. Was he? Uh, you, you said he's expanding his mind. Was he using anything else to aid the expansion that of his mind with the know. Beatles? That I don't know. Because Beatles Revol- famously never touch nope, no, they any ne- substances. They, never they don't t- have a song called Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. No, that initial title was Straight Edge. Straight Edge Lucy is what they called that song, I think, first, because no drugs were involved. Uh, Beach Boys, it's a hell of a group. Beach Boys, The Beatles, Prince, Fiddler, The Strokes, and Flock of Seagulls. That's a music festival. Now, they'd pay for that.
festival. If you can get Prince, the Beatles, and the Beach Boys to show up at the same show. Uh, the Beastie Boys beat wasn't bad to start the hour either. I have still not seen the Michael Uini decision. So the big lineman from Copper's Cove going to decide sometime today between Bama, Georgia, and Michigan. All the best to him and his family making that choice. That's got to be such a great feeling. And again, three of the biggest dogs in this sport, two of them that were in the college football playoff the other one who's just always seems to be there and somehow wasn't there last year in Bama but these are three of the best teams three of the best offensive lines in the country looking to add a kid from Copper's Cove that's awesome uh so best of luck to him figuring all that out we got uh, decisions over the weekend you just heard Jeff Ketchum from Orange Bloods this hour tell you Longhorn fans three tomorrow are very likely to happen. Three decisions tomorrow could add to that 24 class for Texas. All right, let's go stems and seeds and uh, talk a little NBA as well before we get out of here. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. All right, brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. NBA free agency officially can happen. The talks can begin at 5 o'clock. We talked about uh, James Harden earlier. Jack, we did not talk a lot about Kyrie Irving, but he is a free agent in this run. Do you think Kyrie Irving ultimately sticks in Dallas, or do you think he's going somewhere else? So there was a little nugget earlier this week that um, Tim Hardaway, because Ky- Kyrie wore what, two with the Mavs or 11? Uh, I'm actually seeing a picture right here, two. Okay, Kyrie yeah. wants to be number 11. Tim Hardaway Jr. wore the number 11. He switched his number, I believe, to 10, and the speculation is that that would open up Kyrie ah. to get the number 11. So I think chances are Kyrie uh, signs long-term in Dallas. I also hear that they're pretty uh, heavily connected to Bruce Brown, the forward the key cog in that Nuggets title run. A very good role player, a thing that the Mavs need. Yeah, I was going to say, you asked me earlier about as a Mavs fan, what do they need? They need to protect the lane better to me. They need to they need to be a better defensive team. They need to get a little tougher. Bruce Brown is an interesting guy. I've heard discussed with them. Um, well, I was reading something the other, what was I reading? A, a team that was interested in him. Maybe, um, was it Phoenix maybe? And then maybe the Spurs. I heard a Spurs fan discussion about Bruce Brown. There's a substance to that guy. Obviously, he just proved it. But there's such a substance to him. Where he ends up, I think, is a big deal. Yeah, he's going to be a really good piece for whoever picks him up. Maybe not 82 games of the regular season, but he's he's one of yeah. those finishing pieces. Uh, and Dallas needs to, to beef out that roster to fill it up. You said that they needed a... Uh, uh, some more protection in the lane. I think that they addressed that through the draft. Yes, I think hopefully they did. Yeah. The, he's a very good center prospect, the best in that draft. Rashawn Holmes, that seems like more of an offensive pickup, but they have addressed some front court depth. I've heard that they were interested in a guy like Andre Drummond, but he just opted into Chicago, so they'll have to yep. uh, go somewhere else with that. It sounds like JaVale McGee might be... Uh, his time might be up. Might be in, done. In big D. Might be done. That might mean his time is up everywhere. We'll have to see on that one. And then by Monday are James Harden, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James and Anthony Davis all on the same team. No, that can't happen. Wait a minute. Are James Harden, Paul George, Kyrie, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and Russell Westbrook all on the same team? It's extremely possible. Yeah. And if I, I was thinking about my high school days back 2016, 17, 18, when the Rockets were good, when the Thunder, you know, Russell Westbrook won an MVP. If you told me Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden and Russell Westbrook were all going to be on the same team in a few years, and the general reaction to that would be, eh, we'll see, you know, 
well, I, yeah. I got to see it first. That that's insane. Yeah, that is crazy. And yeah, how much are you going to get? Out of, I mean, the overall health of the group has to be considered, and then the overall how do they get along part of that group is just going to be weird. Those personalities trying to mix together are bizarre. So NBA free agency officially happens this afternoon at 5 o'clock. By the way, we were talking about transcendent athletes with Michael Phelps and Mike Tyson having birthdays today. This is an interesting text. It says, athletes that transcend. Not sure this counts, but I do not watch regular season baseball or basketball, but I watched every game I could if Nolan Ryan pitched or Michael Jordan played. That's a great, yes, exactly. Michael Jordan's a perfect example. I knew people that would watch Bulls games and follow like their entire run. And then like four years after he was out of the league, they couldn't tell you what was happening. I get that now. I'm I'm a baseball fan, but people come in like, man, how about Otani? They don't watch baseball at all. Yeah. Shohei Otani's getting into that. Getting into that group. That's true. This might be the best individual season in a sport ever from him. By the way, he is he is the DH for the All-Star game, in case people didn't know that. He'll be the DH and the starter, probably. Should have given it to my guy, Jordan. I need to throw me a bone. Oh, okay. If the if the, the rotation, I guess, makes sense, if, time-wise, I don't know if he would actually get to be the starter, but he'll probably pitch and be DH because he's that badass. It is silly, though, that he's leading baseball right now in every category you'd care about. Like all of them, every it's, one of them. It's like if Patrick Mahomes was also like Aaron Donald, right? If he also led in sacks and total tackles and picks and and interceptions. Yeah, it's just crazy. He leads in all those offensive categories. We won't go through now, but all of them, everyone you're thinking of, even the slightly nerdy ones. But then also wins, ERA, all of that. He hit the home run and passed Mike Trout for the lead right now. What's he up to, 21 already? He's making Mike Trout look pedestrian. I haven't heard about Mike Trout in two seasons because of Shohei Otani. I saw a quote from Mike Trout where he goes, Yeah, I got the best seat in the house from the on-deck circle getting to watch a guy like that. I'm like, wait a minute. A few years ago, you were the greatest that had ever lived. They said you might be the best all-around baseball player ever, and now you're telling me, Oh, man, I got the best seat in the house watching that dude. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Jack Farrell, thank you for hanging out with me today. Absolutely. Thanks, Chad. Have a great trip to the beach. I'm going to do my best. Yes, indeed. Drink some beverages uh, for us all. All right. Ball Don't Lie is coming up with Patrick and Rod. Everybody have a safe 4th of July weekend. We will be back on Wednesday the 5th with the next show. Stay safe. Stay cool. And we will talk to you a little bit later. See you.